The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. nerds discover your geeky haven with twink.com we've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms we carry top brands from disney funko marvel and dc star wars harry potter and much much more we also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else crisis for the geek kind Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Joe, Derek, and myself, Mike. How's it going, Derek? Not too bad. How you doing? Yeah, okay. Uh, training a new guy at work at, at one of the stages that we have at Epcot, where I work. And come find out, he used to be he used to be a part of a band called the Dead Pets, punk rock <laughs> band, um, and actually had crossed paths with my brother when my brother was touring with Flog and Molly as their lighting guy. Oh, really? Uh, but he's also real good friends with uh, a lot of the guys from Dropkick Murphys and uh, a few other groups. They're out of the Boston area. So mm-hmm. nice guy. Yeah. Nice guy. It's just one of those. It's like, oh, it's a small world. And <laughs> not the rag. Not the right. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, that could lead us into our in, into uh, to a dead hour. <laughs> oh, wait. No, that'll lead us to our guest who is starring or not starring. She has a role. I'm not going to say star yet because don't want to jump the gun, but she has a role in the show that is coming on Amazon called The Dead Hour. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So in the voice you just heard say, yep, is yeah. Melissa older. How's everyone doing? Hello. So I'm a little confused. Um, this is not a visual. Okay. When it comes to the dead hour, because I, I look on IMDB, that, mm-hmm. that's where I went. It said that the show was out 2010 to 2014. Is this a different dead hour that's coming out or? No, it's, it's not. Um, we had filmed, um, yeah, it came out for, it was on the internet for a little while. Okay. And, um, and then, you know, we've kind of filmed on and off for a handful of years. And then, you know, it had a really good little following for um, a while. And then, you know, we kind of just, the producers and um, creative team was really looking for a distribution deal and they were just waiting for the right, the right one. And so, and that came along and now here we are. 
So distribution's now going to be on Amazon, if I'm correct. Yes. Amazon, Tubi, and um, Kings of Horror YouTube channel okay. is, is ones that are so far on May 12th is when it's going to come out. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So was I was I right to begin with? You are starring in the show. I am the only character that I'm in every episode. So okay. it's an anthology series. I love anthology series. Yes. And so if you were a fan of Tales from the Crypt or, yes. yeah. or the Twilight Zone, yeah. you will definitely be a fan of this. So my character, her name is DJ Raven, and she is a mysterious late night radio host. And she introduces each story to her audience. And then that story unfolds on the screen. And so I'm kind of like the Crypt Keeper, but <laughs> with flesh. <laughs> Hopefully a little better looking than that guy. But, um, but oh, no, yeah. I, thought, I thought he was a dream. I know. <laughs> he, he does have a winning personality. I love the Crypt Keeper. He is somebody, I just loved that show growing up. And I don't know if I was really allowed to watch it, but I totally watched it. Hey, the, Crypt, the Crypt Keeper really knew how to bone up on the stories. <laughs> yes. So anyway. Back <laughs> So, yeah, so each episode is totally different. Um, there are some actors who have made um, different appearances, but they're not playing the same character. Um, but other than that, yes, I am the only constant in every episode. I, w I know it wasn't horror related, but I want to say there was a another show that I watched as a kid um, when I was in high school dealing with hormones and everything else that started off with a, a female DJ really talking about um, it may have been sex advice or something like that. And then it just spun off into a story. Uh -huh. uh, uh, so oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Or I have an idea. <laughs> oh, you watched it too, huh? I'm sure I did. <laughs> uh, goes to show our age. Um, but I, I like the idea of the, the radio show because it kind of has that, um, what was it, Neil Bortz? Is he the one that had the late night show? I think when, you're right. We're talking about aliens and, and other conspiracies and all this mm -hmm. other stuff. But to have it be about horror stuff is it, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And we don't know much about her. She's just very, I don't know, she's kind of mysterious, has a little twisted stories. She's very, she entices her audience. So um, she was a lot of fun to play. Okay. Did, it's interesting. I like that. I like that angle. Did you do any change in your voice for this particular character just to be different from how you normally are? Not so, not in the sense of, of changing my voice in any way, probably the way that I deliver a line, probably a little bit more slower, really articulate on certain words. Um, it's kind of funny because my kids, though, they've seen, like, I've only let them watch my parts. I won't let them watch like, <laughs> the rest of it. Um, and they'll be like, Mom, like, why do you sound like that? And then... But then my husband, my husband on the other turn, be like, "You should talk more like that." <laughs> like, <laughs> I know where your husband's going, right? So, um, and, and how many kids? I, how many kids do you have? I have three. That's two I more than three. me. <laughs> right. I have my, my stepson is twenty-one, and then I have my daughter is ten, and my son is seven. Okay. My yeah. 
I have a daughter and she's 13. Oh, Oof. So, how's that go? <laughs> That's a hard age. Hard we'll, age. we'll just go. You're like, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm approaching that already at almost 11 years old. So I, I feel yeah. your pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a little rough, but, um, but yeah, they think it's cool. They, they think it's like, well, they don't think that I'm cool, but they're like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> they never do. Never do. Mm-mm. So how, how did you initially get involved with this project? So Dan Iskey, who is one of the co-creators, um, I actually worked on a film with him years prior to this. And they had, I saw that there was an open call. And so I just went to this open call audition, not expecting really anything. There was a lot of people there. And um, I went in and, and from what I was told, they weren't looking to cast DJ Raven. That They were possibly looking to hire somebody from like LA or somebody like that. Um, but I went, I read for DJ Raven and then um it was a little while later. I can't remember how much time had passed, but it had been, you know, quite a few weeks. And I got a call from Dan saying, hey, we want you to play DJ Raven. And I was like, oh, really? Like, I was just expe- hoping just to get any sort of, you know, role. So, um, so that's how that happened. And then it was kind of still in development at that time. So um, it was probably a few months later. We filmed. We we filmed the first like five episodes. Um, when we filmed it, we kind of broke it out into seasons. Um, so we filmed that first season um, that year. And the interesting thing about when we did my scenes is that we filmed everything all in one night. So it was they. We knocked them all out. And what is really interesting too is I only when I got the script, I just got my part. I didn't have a full script of each episode. So I knew about like what happened. I had like a storyline, but I did not have a full script. So after everything was said and done, and then each episode kind of came out and we would have like viewing parties and stuff like that, that would be my first time actually seeing exactly what happened. So it was kind of cool. Is this this, just to clarify, is this, that's coming out now. Is this a new series or is it just a re uh, a re-release of the original? It's a re-release of the original. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there a chance more episodes are coming because of this re-release now that you got the distribution? I'm hoping so. I mean, I think that's the ultimate goal. I think right now we're just kind of like in that holding pattern of we're going to see what happens. Okay. Um, it airs on May 12th and I mean, they, they have episodes written. They have, they have like a full book, I'm sure of <laughs> ideas and scripts and stuff that never came to fruition. But um, yeah, that would be amazing if we were able to shoot some more episodes. So I think we're just, they're just kind of seeing what happens, how it's received and we'll kind of go from there. May 12th, what an interesting uh, release date. Yeah. As we were discussing earlier, that's six six days after my wedding anniversary. (laughs) And three days after mine. (laughs) I'm in June. So we're going to be celebrating that week. We're celebrating anniversaries and dead hour release. So there you go. Big celebrations. (laughs) Big celebrations. 
I want to cool. say that isn't that close to Father's Day as well? Or Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Yeah. Mother's so, Day. Yeah. So I got, I have like all sorts of things to celebrate. So. It is going to be a big month for you. going to be a big month. I'm Yeah, I'm stoked. So maybe then my kids will think it's cool that mom's on TV. Maybe. Um, maybe. Nope. <laughs> like I said not. before, I, I've been, I, I've been spying on your IMDb. And yeah. Yeah. So you also reprised this role in a series in a short that was compiled in an anthology called mm-hmm. Dark Web. Mm-hmm. So is that that is a continuation of the character from the Dead Hour? Yes. So it was kind of interesting what they did with that. They kind of like in, they took like a dead one of the Dead Hour episodes and they kind of spliced it into this and different anthology and so it kind of just fit in it was kind of strange so um i actually didn't have to like go and film anything for that they had just used (laughs) what was already there and they kind of inserted it into this like film so that was kind of neat you got paid again for it yeah right (laughs) like do what you want (laughs) Uh, hard to argue with that so um with your filming of everything in one night uh was it like per episode, were there multiple retakes um, or were there some that it was, you know, that Frank, Frank Sinatra aspect where it was a one and done? Mm-hmm. Um, what was what was filming like when you're just filming yourself? I'm, I'm assuming in a in a radio station studio. So it's funny. We never filmed in a radio station studio at all. It looks like it like on film. You'll it'll. It doesn't really necessarily look like, oh, she's definitely in a studio, but it has that studio feel. Um, We filmed in several different places. One was in a basement, actually, and it was set up kind of like a DJ booth. And we had like an on-air sign and everything like that. But it just was like a very intimate feeling. Um, We also filmed in this um, warehouse. And... um, that was kind of cool because we were able to do a lot of different um, angles and that was neat. And then we also filmed in this, like a studio apartment, but it's, it's down in like, it's downtown. I had like exposed brick and it just had a really cool interior to it. Um, so yeah, those are like the three locations that we shot. And then we just, each time we would film, it would be like almost like an overnight situation and we would, just film each episode or what I had. And in some of them, we actually filmed more intros. I call them intros because I'm introducing each story. Then they're actually ended up being filmed an episode for. So there are some intros out there that are still existing that don't have episodes attached to them yet. Yeah. So, um, and some of them were like, Hey, that was great. One and done. But some were like, you know, Melissa couldn't keep her act together because I had the giggles or whatever. So <laughs> that I was known. Oh, man, there was one night. I don't know what it was. I think it was a particular line that I said. And it's, I said it weird the first time, which caused other people to laugh. So then I couldn't like say it another way. And it was I could not get it together. It was terrible. And I'm usually not like that. But that night, oh, it was bad. So in those cases, several takes had to happen. But um, yeah, for the most part, it would probably be like a good eight hours of just wow. taking them out. Yeah. So okay. it's interesting because um, it's almost like doing voice acting. Yeah. But you're being filmed. Yep. 
Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I haven't done, I haven't done any type of voiceover work really. I've done some, some things for like podcasts and stuff, but nothing, nothing like that. But it it would definitely be like that. Cause we had the whole, whole, like, you know, DJ mic and like the old school microphone and, um, it was just a very intimate, we didn't have a ton of crew. Some of the times we had in the warehouse one, we had a lot more crew, but, um, but yeah, it was just the only actor was me. And, um, so it was really neat. It was just a cool experience. So only because I'm an audio engineer, I got to ask when you say old school microphone, are we talking like an Elvis, like yes. the Elvis Presley style mic? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that you kind of like would hold in your hand. Yeah. yeah. I, I know exactly. <laughs> which model that is and i'm not gonna go down that road because then that yeah. becomes more audio geek with me yeah so you'll when when you do get the episodes you'll uh you'll see it in all its fine glory <laughs> so um if you if you had been given the choice would you have rather gone back and and reshot everything given that it's years later or you just you're okay with, with no i like it how look no i wouldn't change it <laughs> it's and it also and it just shows like the progression of um how better like over time we got and like the second season it's very the look of it is very different from the first um five that we filmed you know they had better equipment just everything just was like we had a lot more people interested in helping and contributing and it just got really like after that first season and people started seeing bits and pieces they're like, I want to be a part of that. And like, I want to, you know, show cause we're, we're so it was all filmed in Omaha, Nebraska. The whole series is filmed okay. here in Omaha and Omaha actually has a really, really large film community. And it's, Kind of surprising. You wouldn't think so, but we have a really big film community. So um, people really wanted to get involved with that show. And so you can see the difference between the first five episodes and then the last uh, seven of them because they just the quality really improved, I think. I wouldn't change anything. That's good. Uh, So this what's coming out on May 12th. Is that just the first season then or? All 12 episodes, from what I'm understanding, is all 12 episodes will be released. Yes. Yes. Okay. Is it? Do you happen happen to know if they're going to be doing, releasing them just all at once or? I believe so. I believe like every, it will all be available May 12th. There you go. So everybody, you got something new to binge. Yes. I know. I know. I will be binging it. Yay. So, sure. It's just a question of when. Are, we, are they going to make us wait until May 12th? Or are they going to get us the actual screen? I don't know. I haven't heard back I'm, from Rachel yet. Um, I'm sure you'll get it. But the, the, screener, the screeners that she sent for us uh, was for another project that she was going to pitch before Melissa came about. And so we're I, I'm working with Rachel to get that group on next week nice. because we initially booked Melissa, which I'm glad we did. I'm glad you did too. So um, we, we've already said we're hoping season or more new episodes come out Mm -hmm. obviously you've changed a lot it's 2023 13 years since 13 uh say 10 10 to 13 years since you last filmed 10 okay maybe yeah um not not nine or ten yeah are you i would actually say more nine i would say nine ish okay are are you hoping um 
that maybe they expand more on your character or do you think it's still going to be um where you're doing you know the intro outro of each episode i hope so um from and it's We've done other interviews where people who've seen, you know, this show, they've, they've commented. They're like, we want to see more of your characters. So I'm, mm. I'm hoping. Yeah. And so I know it's so funny because my husband from day one, the first time he saw it, he was like, you need to be in this more. And I'm like, you're being biased. I'm like, you're just biased. But then, then I start hearing that from other people. So it's, it's not just him. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like the feedback. They're like, I think it would be really cool if like they kind of, you know, expanded on that a little bit. So yeah, I'd be down. There's she, I, I'm sure there could be a whole backstory of how she became this weird little twisted DJ. Do you have any backstory in your mind about who she might be? You know, I, we've thought about a different, a few few different things um something twisted could have happened to her in her life or she's just kind of just really into these you know weird little twisted horror stories so I mean there could be a lot of angles that we can go from but I'm not more I mean I'm very creative but I'm not really a story writer I just like to I just like to tell the story I'm more of the very much more of the performer than the <laughs> the writer. <laughs> so are these are these stories um, of a particular kind or a variety of horror or variety? We have a little bit, you know, a um, little bit sci-fi, a little bit zombies, oh, nice. a little uh, bit slasher. So um, a little bit of body parts on the black market. Um, uh-huh. Ooh, this does sound fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, a little, how far would you go to become a star situation? Okay. Um, yeah, there's, it's, it's just kind of all over the place. So definitely nice. you'll be able to find something that you like. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, would you want to see not only an episode where you do the intro and the outro? Mm-hmm. But possibly that story you intro involves DJ Raven himself. Heck yeah. That would be amazing. I would love that. It would be kind of like a little surprise. There is, I will say, there is one episode that we have. It's called Fright Fest. And it's funny because when it starts out, it's not how we start out all of our other episodes. So I'll let you watch it. But DJ Raven is not where she typically is. So... So hopefully we can do a little bit more more of those things where she's kind of makes these appearances. Okay. So she's not necessarily just speaking of these worlds. She's actually immersed in these worlds that she's, you know, telling these stories about. So okay. hopefully we'll see. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'd be interested in, in seeing this. Yeah. It's a good time. Um, what other current projects do you have that are, that are coming out or that you're working on? I'm currently actually, I'm not working on anything. I actually, um, so I have a degree in theater. Theater is like my background. That's where I started out as a kid. I did theater from when I was, gosh, in kindergarten up in, and that's what I have my degree in. So I did theater my whole, my whole life practically. And um, after college, 
I was like, whew, kind of burnt out on the theater thing. And so that's when I started doing a lot more film and commercials and, you know, short films. And um, Omaha has a really big Omaha Film Festival. I mean, we're, the film community here is really, really big. So I started getting more into that. And then, um, you know, years later, The Dead Hour. And, um, and then I continued to do, um, I did like another web series, just little parts here and there. Um, but in the last couple of years, actually, since COVID, really, I got back into theater. And so I have just been doing theater for the last few years. And I just got done with the play. Um, it was a comedy and it was the, I had like the best time. There's just something about, I love filming. I love, I love that you can do something over again if you mess up and like, just, <laughs> I, I like the process of film too. It's just such a unique process of and collaborating with different people and, um, I'm, and I'm not like a techie person. So when like people who know how to like filmmaking all in itself is just very fascinating to me. But then there's also on the flip side, there's something about live theater that is just so it's just amazing. Like, cause you set instant gratification, you know, instant gratification from the audience of what you're, what you're giving. And, you know, with film, you gotta wait, you know, you gotta wait to see if people like it, if it sucks, you know, you just, you just have no idea. So with theater, um, I, I really like performing on stage. So right now that's kind of like been my focus. Um, but with this coming out, um, who knows? We'll have to just kind of wait and see. See, I actually got my start in theater as well. Before, yeah, did you? Before moving on into uh, where I'm at now, as, uh, uh, doing live audio, uh, oh, nice. mixing bands, whatnot at Walt Disney World. That's pretty cool. So you're in Florida then? I'm in Florida. Uh, Derek's nice. in Massachusetts. Awesome. I, um, yeah, so it's hot there. <laughs> we were talking, Derek and I were talking about humidity earlier. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, today's been pretty decent. Uh, yeah. It was only April. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. only April. Uh, our, I think our high today, what was our high today? 87, but it really didn't feel like 87. <laughs> I'm not ready for 87. <laughs> and I was like, Mike's like, oh, it's just eighty-seven. Yeah. No big deal. Well, and you and me, are like, uh, well, we, we we had some not. we we had some good breezes though uh, at the park. So the, so the, well, the breeze really helped make it nice. Yeah. Um, We're supposed to start. It's supposed to freeze overnight here. So I mean, um, my yeah. current temperature is forty-six degrees. Uh, my current temperature is seventy-five degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'm a. Uh, 40. Mm, yeah, me beat. And it's really windy too. It's been super windy, so it's probably cooler than that with the wind chill. So who knows? Yeah. 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 Um, since you said you, you started off in theater, uh, did you find the transition from theater to film or theater to television difficult or was it fairly easy? I think it's the, the problem that I have is I'm. I'm very animated. Sometimes I cannot control my face. <laughs> like it's like it. Uh, and with film, you have to control that to a certain degree. I mean, because when you're, you know, you're on stage, you're performing for the people who all the way in the back of the theater, you right. know, you really have to have all those expressions come through. So yeah, yeah, with you have film, to exaggerate more, yeah. yeah, and film is not, you don't need, you can be a lot more subtle. So that, that is hard for me sometimes. And especially DJ Raven's very serious. She's more like 
seductress. And um, so that was a little hard to be more not animated with okay. my face. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say film, I think, for memorizing, like, lines and stuff. I mean, you can cut, redo, you know, theater. You get one shot, you know. you <laughs> There's no redo. So, um, and that's what I kind of like about it. It's a little bit, you got to, like, that thrill of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I do miss theater at times. Um, thankfully for me at the moment, I get my, my taste of it when I'm running audio for my daughter's recitals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some of them been at high school theaters, but she had uh, before COVID, her, her recital bef- the year before COVID was done at um, one of the performing arts houses here in town. And I told her, I said, this is different from everywhere else you've been. Because mm-hmm. we're either a church stage or school stage. School auditorium. Those were theaters, but this is completely different. Yeah. It's going to have a completely different vibe. So when I walked her across the street, we went through the backstage door. Like as soon as that door opens, like, yep, there's the smell of the wings. Oh, yeah. And and I've, I've walked into theaters that were brand new theaters where less than six months old and the wing smell is the same no matter what it's like as soon as you go this is a theater it's now Mm -hmm. officially open that smell just instantly happens i totally Um, agree i know exactly what you're talking about and and it's like then i'm walking and i'm walking across the stage i said i want you to slow down as you walk across the stage with me um as we we cross the stage to go out to where i had to check her in uh said you're gonna walk across the stage with me i want you just be slow and take it all in yes I said, when you do, you're, it's going to be intimidating, but you're going to feel comfortable by the time we get across the stage. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, we get, we get down into the house, and she's like, Daddy, you're right. I'm like, I know. I love that. This, I did this before I started work at Disney. <laughs> I, came, I came from theater. I, yeah. I know. And it, it just flooded back like, like it was nothing. Like, yep, I got this. Yeah, it does. Because so. I, when I got married... Um, I did a show like right before we got married and then um, I have, I had a stepson. So we had, and he was, my husband's very, and he coaches and he coached my stepson in baseball. And so we were just very busy. So I didn't do theater for, it was like a, like 10 years. And so after I was done having kids, cause it's hard, you know, cause theater is, a, it's a time commitment. You really have to have a few months and you're committed to that. So right. when my kids, little I just I was like there's no way I can do this so right before COVID I was like I I missed it so like I literally was like yearning to be back in theater and so and of course the first role that I I got and then COVID shut it down so go figure right but we eventually got that show off on its feet and then I've done like five shows since then so it's just it's just been so that really fills my heart and fulfills me as like an actor is performing in theater. That really does. But I love film too. It's just, but it's a different feeling. It's just, it's a totally different. But I feel like if theater, like if you have a background in theater, I think it's, it's just really important. Those, those, the memorizing lines and stuff. It's just, and then if you go into film, it's almost, I don't want to say easier, but it's like, I feel like you're way more prepared. Um, And especially if you screw up, you can like improvise, you know, like you're kind of on your toes a little bit more. So I, I definitely credit my theater background and helping me be a more round, well-rounded performer for sure. 
Okay. Well, we know you didn't film this film, The Dead Hour, during the pandemic. So no. Obviously, we can't ask those questions. But, you know, and we've asked other uh, creators who have been doing you know, like independent films and independent projects who were filming during COVID, their experiences. What was it like theater wise bringing shows back? Um, oh. During, you know, when they said it's safe to bring shows back during the pandemic. It was really rough. It, so the theater that I've um, kind of been performing at, it's it was it was really hard on them because theaters depend, especially like nonprofit theaters too. Like they depend on you know people filling in those seats, and when you don't have that income, it's threatening to shut your doors. And so it was really hard. The show that I was in, that I was cast in, that was actually, we were in fake rehearsal for like two weeks. It was only like two weeks in before COVID shut everything down. And then it was just a waiting game. It's like, you just didn't know. You didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know when you're going to come back, how you're going to make money. Um, So that theater in particular had to get creative on how to make an, an income to keep paying the bills because it's like a seven thousand dollar mortgage payment alone every month and so um just keep the lights on too so they came up with different things they would do like outdoor drive-in movie theaters they built a stage outside and they had a screen and so they did some drive-in theaters they did variety shows and um different like talent show type stuff anything that we could do outside to people separated and um make money that way but even three years later we're still still like we're just now starting to see like the show that i was just in it was the largest audience that they had every night since 2019 so we're now finally seeing those numbers those you know full fuller houses again um, but it just, when you have so many years of not, when you're only playing to half capacity and that kind of thing, um, it's really difficult. So we've been trying to, you know, just come up with creative ways of not just performing, you know, shows doing different, different ways of, um, playing, I guess. And, but also have that income too. So the community has been very generous to that theater and we're, we're chugging along and then, and that's just not just us. It's everywhere. It's, it's scary because it was, it really threatened to shut down a big piece of art, you know, for a lot of places and some people did not survive it. So I'm thankful for that, you know, that we're still trucking along here, but it's, it's hard. It's definitely hard. So everybody go out, support your local theater. Um, even the big, you know, Theater in general, you know, as long as, you know, the community theaters all the way up to like national touring companies, just go out and support theater because it's huge. It's, it's huge if we lost that. So it's important. So while doing shows, are you, are you still under heavy COVID protocols? Not anymore. Or? No, um, there's no, we, so at our theater in particular, uh, we still kind of have a couple of rows that we're able to like rope off that people can distance if they want um we have you know welcome masks if people want to wear masks that's great you know we even provide them if they if they want to but most protocols have been um lifted from a lot of a lot of theaters so and people are now just really starting to feel like really comfortable coming back in those you know kind of close proximity 
you know, situations, but I'm happy to see fuller houses and, you know, people are really starting to come back out. Very cool. Yeah. So that, that's funny because um, I work in a hospital for my day job. Mm-hmm. And they are finally just now talking about sometime in May releasing the protocol. So we, right now we have to wear masks all mm-hmm. day, every day. And in May, they're finally going to make it optional. It's and just, I have friends in healthcare too. And they literally just the last probably couple of weeks, they just dropped their mask mandates mm-hmm. in their, their areas too. Which they they were saying how naked they're like now I actually like I don't know how to like hide my face in front of people or like you know you have to be like no I cannot make that face or you know yeah. <laughs> or I actually people, have to put on makeup today what like yeah I have coworkers that I've not I every time I see their face I'm like oh yeah I forget that's what you look like <laughs> right oh that's what you look like under there yeah which is so funny you say that so one of the shows I did. Um, It was in 2021, and so we were still, like, things were getting better. The vaccine had just come out, so things were – but we were always wearing masks during rehearsals and everything like that. But then once we would go to perform, we literally wore masks up until, like, tech week. And so – and then we got rid of the mask, and that was the first time of me seeing my castmate's face. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of took me – like – it was like, oh, okay, you know, and so now you're acting with this person, but it's like, it looked like a different person. So it was very, it was a really strange time. So, yeah, it's just. And did you have to do, did you have to do some kind of social distancing while you were performing the actual show? Or? We didn't. Thankfully, at that time, you know, the cast had, the vaccines had just came out. And so we were all like quick to try to get, you know, get vaccinated and, um, we did certain shows, like if there was any type of like a kissing scene, that would be like cut. You know, we would avoid oh, right. yeah. those certain situations. Um, you know, some shows required like a lot of eating or, you know, that. So you would have to kind of like manipulate it in that way. But overall, it worked out. I mean, we didn't have any real issues. I mean, some there were some shows um, last summer we had to cancel four of our shows during our musical because um, somebody on the crew had COVID, didn't realize it, and then it just spread. So we lost like a week um, there. But so, yeah, and losing and just losing those four shows, that was like $40,000 out the door. You know, you're missing out on all that income. And so it it really can mess things up big time. So it, it, it was weird with Disney too, going back. Um, oh, I bet. Of course we, we had to wear masks and, mm-hmm. um, then when we dealt with characters, uh, with like our different, with, with the processionals and parades, mm-hmm. if we moved within six feet or got within six feet of them, not only did we have to wear the mask, but we had to wear a face shield. And, uh, but it was also one of those that when, um, like the one stage location I was at, if I was there by myself in, in our, in the shed that techs used to break in, if I was in there by myself. I didn't have to wear the mask. Oh, uh-huh. But if someone came up to the door and the, the shed door, the rolling door, the moment they came up to the door, that was considered breaking our threshold, even though we may be more than six feet away from them. Mm-hmm. Both parties had to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, left building, you still had. You now, once I left the building, I had to put the mask on. Right. 
the shed. But considering that was considered my office, I didn't have to wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was alone in a booth by myself, I didn't have to wear a mask. Um, but then when I went to the main stage, uh, the American Garden stage there at Epcot, like when we had the mariachis and the Voices of Liberty, mm. it would be they came on stage. Um, they were masked. They stayed masked until um, the five minute call. Five minutes. You know, they, they had specific spots that they stood in. Mm-hmm. When they went out on stage, they went out in a particular order, socially distanced, hit their marks, and all their choreography was done to keep them minimum six feet apart. Interesting. And for a group that's used to being close together for singing, mm-hmm. uh, even though we had monitors all the way across the stage, first few weeks it, it was weird for them not to uh, not to be you know to, to get their their blend. Absolutely. So yeah, it is. It, 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 it is. Was, it was wild. Doesn't it seem like so long ago at the same time, though? It yeah. feels like yeah. feels like a lifetime ago, but it also it's seems a, like yesterday. Years ago. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. Feels like I've been wearing masks for 10 years now. Right. Yeah. It's- but, but, Mike, it's also good to hear things like that from you because we're talking about, you know, Disney theme parks. So it's good to know that they uh, they have been taking it as serious as possible. Yeah. So when you go there, you know, you know, you can feel safe. Right. Well, and, and but when when the state started mandate, you know, passing laws that overruled things that we wanted to put in place, mm. like okay, and and and, th- and things were okay. Um, like for me, I didn't get COVID until after we, they said, okay, it's clear to not have to wear masks mm-hmm. indoors. Okay, cool. Because for a while, it'll be. If you're outdoors, you didn't have to wear a mask. As soon as you went into a building, you had to wear a mask. Cool. Not a problem. I, I could deal with that. Uh, with our stage, it was kind of weird. If we were in the wings, you had to wear a mask. But if I'm at my monitor console position, I didn't have to wear a mask because technically that was outdoors. Because out, even though it's a covered stage, that part was outdoors. Mm-hmm. So it, it was weird. Like, okay, cool. Well, I'm sitting here for as long as possible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Especially in August when it's a hundred degrees. Oh gosh! Um, and the humidity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be like suffocating. <laughs> it, it was one. Um, you know, they would give us five masks to wear, and I was. I always took at least three a day because I was so because yeah. on a hot day I would soak out two masks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was soaking out two masks big time. Oh, for sure. But. Um, no, I mean, it, it was interesting to go through it. And, and now, like, they had to go to the doctor's office to get a, a gel injection into my right knee. And it, it's still still weird to see some people wearing masks, some people aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not forced anymore. I mean, when, when it was for, I always took them just in case, because for a while here, medical facilities didn't care what the state law was you came in and you wore a mask mm-hmm. Here. Mm-hmm. uh when i had my when i had my surgery actually when i had my knee surgery last year i had to wear a mask when i had my foot surgery i did not have to wear a mask to go in mm-hmm. and that was two months apart it just changed that that quick wow. um but like at the at the end of the year uh my wife and daughter flew home to louisiana to see family flying up when they were in the airport and then getting on the plane they wore masks mm-hmm. because with that many tour, you know, especially down here with all the tourists and everything, you don't know what's floating around that airport. Oh, yeah. It was in the airplane. Oh, yeah. So they just wore the mask, even though it's not, it wasn't required. They just did it for the extra protection. For sure. Uh, we're talking about possibly going to Maryland uh, next March. I may wear a mask there and back. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, planes are gross anyways. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just may. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even though the circulation, air circulation in, in the airplanes is actually a lot safer than yeah. most places because of the downforce and it forces everything down to the floor and then spreads across the floor and it's hard for it to rise back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least the airport itself in the terminal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, when I when I went down to Florida last year, when I saw you, Mike, when I came back, I caught COVID night because I wasn't wearing a mask. I would, you know, I was stupid. I should have worn a mask in the, at least in the airport. Yeah. And I'm thinking that's where y'all got it was the airport. I think so. Yeah. I don't think it's the hotel. My wife and I were sitting there waiting for a plane and, you know, a few seats over, there was this guy hacking up, hacking up a lung and we're like, it's probably it's probably not COVID. Right. It's probably COVID. Yeah. To quote, probably. One, to quote one of the kids from the movie Mystery Alaska, he's coughing up a lung biscuit. <laughs> Literally. He yep. was coughing up quite a few lung biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can people find you online? I am on Instagram and on Facebook. On Instagram, I'm at Melissa Holder 7237. And um, on Facebook, I'm just at Melissa Holder. And like I said, I'm out of Omaha, Nebraska. So I'm sure there's a ton of Melissa Holders out there. And so um, find the one from Omaha. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really what is it tweet is that what we call it i don't really tweet that much um but you're not missing anything there i didn't think i was but if if you want to go gander it's a melissa underscore holder underscore there's a lot of melissa holders out there it's kind of ridiculous so um (laughs) well i i found you on facebook twitter and Instagram. Woo! So Weeby Geeks is following you on Instagram and on Twitter, and then I'm following you on uh, Facebook. I, Perfect. I'm sitting there going, okay, which Melissa is this? Oh, wait, I here's know. the one talking about, I just filmed this project, and it's the microphone. I'm like, okay, that's her. There it is. There <laughs> it is. Yes. So. That easy. That made yeah. it easy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. uh, let's see uh-huh. if I can find you. As DJ Raven, mm-hmm. well, did you have a favorite moment? I had a lot of favorite moments, but I would have to say my favorite would probably be when we filmed that that episode Fright Fest, the one that I'm because um, we film in a movie theater. It's like an older movie theater in Omaha, and it actually just closed down. Um, I think it was like a year ago. Dang COVID! I'm sure that's what did it, but. It's such a cool theater, and as you'll see in the episode, it's just very kind of wrecks your week. Like when you walk down to the theaters, you're walking in this big tunnel with a bunch of lights. It's like you're almost like going through like another galaxy, and there's just a bunch of lights everywhere. And so, and that is kind of like that feeling. Yeah, (laughs) and that's our episode. That is um, like kind of our monster episode. Okay, and. so that was fun because I got to film in the projection booth. Of, oh, very cool. Yeah. So that was probably my favorite experience just because it was different. And um, that episode in itself is probably my favorite as well. But I just really love working with our crew. I like was probably fangirling over them so much. Because, and I told them all, I'm like, you guys are so cool. Like, Because that fascinates me because I am not like a – a crew techie type person also seeing them 
do their thing is so interesting to me. And we just have such a really good crew. And we always called ourselves like the Dead Hour family because it really was. It's kind of cheesy, but it really was like this family. And even though we're an anthology series where we had many different actors come and go, you just when we would all get together to like do little like viewing parties and stuff, it's like we didn't film together, but Hey, like you just felt like you were just connected to people. So I would say overall, just being able to film with these, this community of people was really kind of my favorite. I should have asked this question earlier. Do you feel like DJ Raven is doing a, a radio show or is she doing something like a, an internet radio show or like what we're doing with the podcast? I think she's doing a legit radio show, like a late night something that you would stumble upon. You're flipping through the channels almost like, and it's almost, and it's kind of, that's why I think she's mysterious. It's like, it's not like a radio station that's necessarily being broadcast. Like, Oh, tune into DJ Raven. Nothing like that. Like not a commercial radio station, just a weird mysterious Mm -hmm. station that you accidentally stumbled upon as you were just flipping through your AM FM radio and you just, and she, and this voice comes over the radio. So that's how I picture it. So almost like a pirate radio. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what was, what was that movie with uh, Christian Slater? Was it pump up the volume? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Like Christian Slater. Whatever happened to Christian Slater? I don't know. Yeah. He's still still around. Is he? Sure, sure. Um, well, you know, I, I, I still have just something I still have, a little ago. I still have IMDb open. I'll look. Yeah, yeah, I, you know. I want to know. Just a little Christian Slater. Yeah, I haven't heard. Gosh, he kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, he did a TV miniseries called Fleshman is in Trouble. Oh, oh yeah. Episodes. He did an episode of Willow. Oh, the new Willow? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I need to That's see that. Right, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it either. He did 18 episodes of a show called Inside Job. He's done 12 episodes as a voice actor, Archer. Ah, interesting. Yeah, it's uh, funny when when um you think of things like that, and you're like, oh, who, where's so-and-so? I haven't seen them in ages. And you're like, did they just disappear or something? And what you don't realize is maybe they've been doing theater or, you know, true. whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> he was the voice of Ren in Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. Really? I could see that. Huh. Uh, and, then, and then he has an upcoming project called Chupa. Is this what it huh. is? Interesting. I think I've... I think I've seen trailers for this and not realize. Yeah. While visiting family in Mexico, teenage Alex gains an unlikely companion when he discovers a young chupacabra hiding in his grandpa's shit. I did not realize that that was Christian Slater in this film. This is out on Netflix already. Wow. Interesting. I was already kind of interested in watching the movie anyway. Now I'm even more interested that he's in this. Yeah. He's just someone that I just... Yeah. I need to check out that new Willow. What is that on? Is Disney that on? Plus. It is Disney. Okay. Because yep. yep. I'm a fan of the original. Uh, some good stuff. Um, we are at that point in the show where we flip tables and let you ask us a couple questions. Ooh, I didn't know I was going to be able to do this. <laughs> um, okay. So, is horror something you guys enjoy? The horror genre? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, for me, yeah. Um, and since dealing with um, our friends at October Coast, uh, which I don't think I could ever thank them enough for the partnership that we've had, um, we've they they've brought to us a lot of different independent projects, and, mm-hmm. and horror has been um, a, a lot of that, especially in October. Uh, yeah, honestly. I got it. Um, but you know, we we've had some we've had some genres of, of horror that we never truly expected to see mm. that have actually turned out to be pretty pretty cool. Nice. Um, what did the guys from Drop Dead Gorgeous? <gasps> I love Drop Dead Gorgeous. That is like one of my favorite movies. Who would you talk to from Drop Dead Gorgeous? Uh, we. Well, who was it? That is an excellent question. Oh my gosh. We're actually it's so funny that you say that because like me and my girlfriends is like our movie that we love so much. We were just literally talking about having a, like a movie night to watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. That is like one of my favorite movies. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, give me a second. I could tell you who it was. Um, and, and that that threw us off because it, it it you know as they said. Um, I'll even tell you the episode number. Okay, we be geeks so you could hear the interview. Yes, I would. Um, um, huh. And while he's doing that, I will say um, to answer your question. So I was never growing up. I was never a huge horror fan um, mm-hmm. overall, but then. Um, I started a podcast with my best friend, uh, who's a huge, huge for horror fan. And, uh, we started what basically what the podcast is, is, you know, we do a little bit about talking about geek related news items and stuff, but then we would review a, the show's called Keepers of the Fringe and we would review a fringe movie, which is like, you know, like, like a B movie or something like that, or, you know, some a lot of times it would be eighties, old eighties horror movies. Um, so I have, I have over the course of that become more and more of a fan of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I've started watching some of the, going back and watching some of the, the classics and stuff as well. Um, I've seen some of them when I was a kid and stuff, but like, like I said, I was never a huge horror fan, mm-hmm. but I'm really starting to open up to it more. Nice. Uh okay, so I'm wrong. It's not called Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll still listen to the episode. Never mind. Who cares? We don't need to know about it. <laughs> but it's such a good. Have you seen Drop Dead Gorgeous? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't remember. It's so. Oh man, that's good stuff. The movie is called Death Drop Gorgeous. Oh, well, uh, yeah, that's, that's confusing. <laughs> Death drop gorgeous. Okay. And uh, as, as they put it, it is queer horror. Oh, okay. And it was, neither one of us knew this when we first, when we got the screener, we, we just didn't catch it. And it's like, okay, so there's drag queens in it. No big deal. Yeah. Didn't realize the whole thing was queer horror. Okay. I can't speak for Derek, but I probably can based on our interview. And when we talked about it before and after the show, it really caught us off guard. And we were really impressed with it because there were a lot of hits and beats yeah. to, to like movies from the 80s. Oh, that's horror awesome. style from the 80s. And it, but it was still it was still something <clears throat> entirely different than than what we were used to. In it. So mm-hmm. yeah. it was it was a lot of fun. It was a fun movie. Nice. And, and it was fun. it was a fun interview too, as I recall. Yeah, and not I was, as fun as this one, of course. But you know. oh, of course, of course. <laughs> but I, I, I will say it did have one of my new favorite means of killing someone. Oh, 
Yeah, you'll, you'll, just, you'll have to just go find it. Okay. Yeah, you're going to tell me the episode. Uh, yes, that episode will be now that I know. Uh, and is it out yet? Oh, yeah. It, it oh. came out a while ago. Oh, yeah. uh, it is episode 412. We be Geeks 412. Got it. And what episode are we currently on? Uh, yeah, you don't question. know. You don't know. I do. I believe this is. <laughs> um, okay. I know it's 460 something. The exact number. I don't remember checking my. This will be 468 tonight with this 468. episode. 468. Awesome. Yeah. So it was a little while ago, yes. <laughs> yeah, 2021. October 2021. Okay, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Episode 412. Got it. I'm writing it down. No, I, that was like I said. That was a movie that um, death, cause of death, or has one of my new favorite causes of death because it's just so twisted. Oh, I like it. Figuratively uh, and literally, um, and that was one that I was not expect, expecting to to see. Mm-hmm. And that, and when that particular death happened, I'm like, okay, this is not the movie. This is not the type <laughs> of horror film that I thought it was. And, I, and I'm still and I'm still drawn into this. This is like this is it. cool. That's awesome. I like those kinds of surprises. Those are always yeah. nice. Well, and then you know we got to talking about um, like one of the early horror films that I I really loved was um, The Hunger with David Bowie. And then, I uh, it came out in the eighties. Okay. Uh, I just did all the best films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, 1983, and yes, David Bowie's in it. Uh, David Bowie, Catherine Deneuve, uh, Susan Sarandon, Cliff DeYoung, uh, Beth Ayers, El, uh, yeah, Ellers, and uh, David or Dan Hedaya is the top cast. And they proceeded to tell us, I'm like, I remember watching this film. And you know, this is one of those, I was in high school, you know, Showtime, Cinemax, all that. Yeah, this came yeah. out, I watched it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, it was film that got me through puberty, <laughs> so to speak. Right. Um, and then, and then they, I didn't need in my head. Oh, but then they turned around and said, well, that's one of the more most famous queer horror films. Hmm. It's like, no, really? Huh. I never I never thought of it like that. Right. And it was such a mainstream hit back in the uh-huh. day. It was like never thought of it. So yeah, it, it, it was it was it was interesting. Um, and when you listen to the when you listen back on that episode, um, I think we have fun asking the questions about about that culture and that genre a lot more too, just to educate ourselves. Yeah, because, for sure. We were so fascinated but by the film. Also, also at first we were a little. Um, we, a, little, we, a little cautious, a little trepidatious. Yeah, we tiptoed. It's like, okay, how, uh, was it before before we started recording? We kept asking, "How do we approach this? How do we approach uh-huh. that?" Yeah. They're like, and, and it was just so funny. They're like, "Honey, just come out and say it." Just ask, yeah. yeah just ask. Very, we'll we'll, we'll very, correct you. It, it, it was so cool. That's awesome. I love that. That that was a very fun episode, and I really, I really enjoyed that episode too because um, there was no agenda on their end. They they weren't preachy about it, and and they knew we weren't afraid to talk about it, but we weren't sure how to approach. And they helped guide us through approaching how to talk about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, very gracious. And um, I, I, I loved it for that. Because uh, it, yeah. it was one of those scenarios where we were possibly uncomfortable and, and they made us feel comfortable. Yeah. And, 
and uh you know and and they were just as geeky about things as we were so (laughs) that part i mean that part didn't bother it's like okay it's the content of the film how do we how do we broach this because right this is not something we would go out and watch again but now Mm -hmm. that i brought it up i want to go back and watch this again for sure yeah uh, because i really enjoyed the film Mm -hmm. um and it was it was a lot of fun to watch it really was yeah and and it's not a it's not a film that i'm afraid to to say i watched it Mm -hmm. yeah um now especially as a straight guy no Mm -hmm. i i watched it it was great it was good horror yeah. And, it, and it had the twists and turns like an 80s horror film and there was stuff in it I just did not expect mm-hmm. and it was great it also had added twists because of, because of the benefit of being what it was yeah yeah so Death Drop Gorgeous highly recommend it I like it and I, and I, I think I even think because I almost mentioned it earlier do y'all do an episode that, that would be considered queer horror um and if not, maybe this is something that can help maybe spark that one episode. Yeah. We do have an episode that has a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Not, not quite. Yeah. But. So, uh, but yeah, no, definitely. And I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if there is any type of. No, that's. Yeah. I. I like that, that idea a lot. I can make a great. Yeah. I mean, if, if y'all are hitting the different, you know, you said sci-fi and I'm assuming mm-hmm. Western in the various genres of horror, that could be yeah. an interesting mm-hmm. genre. Well, there you go. There's uh, at least one reason to have a new season. Yep. And hey, listening to that up. episode, that may even help bring, you, bring two more actors yeah. from that genre in to, to help uh, carry it even further. Mm-hmm. This is what I like we, it. It's what we do here at Weeby Geeks. Yeah, we just. Oh, is that what we do? Bring everybody together. Of course. <laughs> Actually, we do. We do try to bring everybody in all the different varieties of geeks together. Yeah, I like that. Any other questions? Um. Now, did I hear in your guys' intro that you guys make toys? No. Uh, oh. What was that? We have uh, we have a partnership with a website called Toink.com, oh. T-O-Y-N-K. Okay. And they sell different type of collectibles. Uh, I don't know if you remember a store called Think Geek. It was oh. bought by GameStop, and GameStop kind of oh, sold okay. them out or folded the, the Think Geek brand and everything. Oh. So now when you go into a GameStop, it's not just video games. You've got figures and everything else. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, oh, neat. Toink.com, they have um, all different categories. There's horror, there's Star Wars, there's uh, Golden Girls, um, oh. stuff like ramen bowls. Uh, oh, funny. A company called Geeky Tiki's, where they sell different geek themed tiki mugs, um, clothing, blankets, throws, uh, whatever you're looking for, they may have it. Well, maybe one day they'll have Dead Hour merch. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. They'll have a little DJ Raven action figure. I would love to make toys. I would love to design toys. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be neat. That would be a lot of fun. I I think you need to either go on T Public or create a a DJ Raven Etsy store and sell DJ Raven t shirts. Now we're talking. Yeah. We have a lot of like promo shots of just like my mouth. (laughs) 
in a microphone. <laughs> that would work. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Then, so, then, you, then you could do another one with blood dripping off the microphone. There is actually like <laughs> stuff out there with like blood on the lips and stuff like that. So, yeah. Or on Good. some. And from what. <laughs> From what I'm hearing, Etsy is fairly easy to, you know, especially doing t-shirt stuff. It's fairly easy to create a store. Yeah. What, what would DJ Raven do? <laughs> That's what I just tell like on the What would I like WWDJR. Ah, I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling Dan. I'm telling Dan about it. Dan Iske, you need to, we need to create a well, Etsy store. I, I have decided I, I'm in the process of starting up a Etsy store. I mean, we have a tea public store for, for the shows, um, but I may be switching things over to Etsy. Um, really? Yeah. Or, or at least maybe try and put some stuff on Etsy because like t-shirts, I could just get a different, different options. Uh, but I've already came up with the name for the store. It's going to be fuzzball fabrications. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's great. So, um, but I also was thinking about, uh, I think I sent you guys, uh, no, I haven't sent Melissa cause we just met Melissa today, but I think I sent you and Ken pictures of the, uh, iPad tablet covers that I did that are Star Wars themed. Right. Yeah. Now Melissa's like, Ooh, Ooh. Friend, me on, friend me on Facebook and I'll send you those pictures in messenger. Okay. I, I accepted you. I found, okay. I got, we're I'll, friends. I'll, I'll, I'll send you those pictures. Cool. Um, actually I could probably show you the one right now. This is my old iPad. Fun. I like that's a cover. Yeah. Nice. That's back. that's awesome. So yep. that looks really cool. Very nice. So that's the one. Uh, my other one, kind of, which I'll send you those pictures. Um, looks like a leather journal book. Oh, cool. And, and it kind of has and it has a Star Wars theme to it. Well, so do you like some Star Wars? Do well. Derek and I both. Are on a show with a, a third person uh, called Wookie Radio. No, <laughs> that. so. that's great. I heard that they're coming out with a new one. Three new films. When are when aren't they coming out with something? But well, now you need Ray, right? You need to come subscribe to Wookie Radio and catch up on your Star Wars news from us. I feel like, oh my gosh, there's yep. so many different like avenues too of Star Wars. Like, oh my god, it's so hard to keep up with it yeah. all. Yeah. Well, but when you listen to Wookie Radio, you go, I know Mike and Ken. And, and Mike and Eric. Do I get the Cliff Snows version of all I need to know about everything? Yeah, I think so. You can do that for you. Yeah. Nice. I, I'm like, I just can't keep up with it all. It's so much. Just like all the Marvel movies. Like, I haven't even watched like, all those because I'm like, I can't, I can't keep up with all <laughs> these. That's my third show, Mighty Marvel Geeks. <laughs> See, I'm just on the same... I, yeah, I know you, you. You came to the right show. I came to the right show. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you want to know about fringe films, oh, Derek has a show called covered. Keepers of the Fringe. Nice. You guys are busy. Yes, we are. <laughs> you guys have a lot on your plate. Well, Derek will say it's my fault that he expanded into two more podcasts. <laughs> outside of the two that he does with me. Oh, my goodness. And I'm okay That's with that. Hey, if you love it, it's not, you know, it's not work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, any final thoughts? This goes to everyone. Yeah. Just check out our show May 12th on Amazon and Tubi and Kings of Horror on YouTube. And if there's any other ones that come out that we're not knowing about, I'm sure we'll 
throw it out there on social media, but those are the three that we've been told. So, okay. and who knows, we may get picked up by some of the bigger ones. So we'll, we'll Very see. Cool. Yeah. And hopefully Truthy because of, is a great place for, for, to find horror things yeah. and, and things. Yeah. So. It's, yeah. It's a lot on there. Yeah. I think, I think that's also a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Um, I know for like free streaming stuff, uh, Tubi, Pluto TV, I really dig. Um, I used to watch a lot on uh, on Crackle, but I, which was owned by owned by Sony. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't watched on Crackle in a while. Hmm. Tubi, I watch. Um, IMDb has one called Freevee. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm slowly trying to find stuff on it. Um, there's another one besides Pluto and, tu- and Tubi that pops up a lot. My stuff when I go searching for some. Mm. On, on Roku. There's an, there's another streaming service. Back I can't all of <laughs> yeah, there's so many. There's um, so many. But I know I know Tubi is very um there's a lot of stuff, older stuff that I want to see and it's it's on Tubi. Um, nice. So Tubi's a, a great place to go. Yeah, I'm excited sure. that we're gonna be we find a lot of movies for for my Cupers of the Fringe podcast on Tubi. <laughs> Amazon and Tubi actually. Yeah. I bet. Well, hopefully Amazon picks it up and actually brings out yeah. more shows. That'd yeah, be great. I, it would be, yeah, we'll see what happens. We're kind of just, it's just been fun kind of being able to, you know, talk about it and yeah. just, you know, get it. Because, you know, we had so many people who that the first time, you know, when we kind of released things out and, um, and it was so funny because people would always say like, you know, somebody better like watch this now because they're going to get picked up by some bigger network and it's not going to be free for you to watch anymore. But it's fun that it's able to find like a new audience and um, have like new fans. So I'm, I'm excited for that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Can't, can't wait to check it out. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking that, forward to watching it. <laughs> Yeah. Let me know how you what you think. So yeah. I have much darker hair in this show. I'm jet black hair. I'm very very light com- now compared to what I am. That and yeah, DJ Raven's very very Raven. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, usually my hair is a lot shorter, not not shoulder length like it is now. <laughs> not 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 down to here. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to say usually my hair is not so gray, but that's not true. Oh yeah, well that yeah that for me too. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think my hair has always been gray since you've known me. Probably yeah. My family, it's th- my family it thinks it's because of them. Dangerous. No, it's Disney. <laughs> it could there's there is one other reason it could be as well, and that's because you're old. <laughs> That's what I say. Okay. Really. Yeah. I don't know how my excuse. I've I had gray hair since I was like early twenties, so I have no excuse. Well, I will say thank you again for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. We would love to have you back anytime in the future. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Until then, uh, everyone have a great week. Put in your calendars May twelfth. May twelfth. The dead hour. The dead hour. Please do. So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.